today is her new pal, Will, also known as Lat Dad, and this is 70mm Rejected, a podcast for 70mm fans just like you. With me today, but not always, is some guy, gal, non-binary pal I know from the internet, Josh. Hello. And our other internet friend and 70mm insider, Philip. Hey guys, yep, we're uh, just here not getting excited about other people's ambitions for our lives. <laughs> Every episode is selected from one of the many movies that 70mm has thrown in that trash heap, but we've managed to extract before it got too funky. Yeah, that's right. We are hopping back to the controversial 2021 Valentine's Day bracket where Romeo plus Juliet was victorious over our film this week before sunrise and our pilot episode Sleepless in Seattle. I can't believe I can believe that Romeo and Juliet beat Sleepless in Seattle. I'm a little surprised that it beat this one. It's kind of absurd. I seriously think like it's just the stranglehold of young Leo that people are just obsessed with him. Like it's honestly, it's impressive that it's investigating into that exactly. Voting. That it's, is I think, I think I think Kev's behind it. Baz Luhrmann, Kev, they've got this connection. Exactly, something to do with it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, either way, uh, as always, uh, we're going to talk a bit about our thoughts on the movie, and then read some village reviews live on air. But first, we're going to start with our village gossip update. Will, over to you. Thanks, Philip. So yeah, I think the first thing on the table to talk about is I just listened to the Innocence episode last night. And that was right on the eve of the 70-millimeter secret possum, the trivia night, and the gift exchange, which happened last Wednesday, recording on Tuesday, January 2nd. Uh, And some updates on the trivia night. Uh, Team 2 was victorious, of which yours truly was a member. Uh, Also, our editor, Paul, was on that team as well. Um, So we were victorious, had a great night. Uh, We took the easy way out on the final question. It was a bidding question where you got to... Uh, wager zero to 20 points. We were in the leads. We, we wagered, I think we wagered one point. You did um, wager one. I was on yeah, team we one. We were yeah. only a couple points behind. We risked yeah. it all. And, we uh, going zero. didn't realize how freaking old Frank Capra was when he yeah. died. Yeah. Oh, golly. In the 90s. Yeah. So that final question, you had to place, I think it was six, six or so, uh, different events from movie history in order. My team Pretty decided. Challenging. We don't think, yeah, we, we looked at it. We thought about it for about five seconds and said, I don't think anybody's going to get this. And so we said, <laughs> we're just going to coast to a victory. So that's what we did uh, for the trivia Pretty night. smart. It was a blast. Pretty yeah. smart. And I'll say, I think it's even more impressive that Team 2 won. Um, Trainer was on our team. I think that's honestly like a hand behind, tied behind your back. So uh, I think <laughs> our victory is especially noteworthy. Just with the yeah, trainer. That was a good um, game. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a great time. Um, and then right after that, we had the uh, gifts exchange, the gift swap, um, I think for the third year in a row. Um, and yeah, some really wonderful gifts were exchanged. What did you guys, you guys were both there. What did you get for your gifts and what did you give? I got some patches from a couple different movies, like iron-on patches that I'm, I'm going to put on a leather jacket that I'm really excited about. Um and I gave a copy of Burning, the South Korean film with Stephen Young. Very nice. Oh, yeah, nice. You? That was you. Uh, I got uh, the multimedia experience. I got the new Criterion 4K Blu-ray of The Trial along with the book. Um, and then I gave Tom over in Europe somewhere. I forget which. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, but I got him a UK Blu-ray 4K of uh, The Driver. Very nice. I just did a Walter Hill. Some a couple of us in the village did a Walter Walter Hill journey. Yeah. And the driver was a banger. So I I got that for him. 
This sounds like a wonderful gift. Yeah, I got some 70 millimeter merch. Robert, or RWTK, nice. got me a nice uh, kind of olive green-ish uh, 70 millimeter shirt. And I had Ismail for my gifty, and I got him some Nacho Libre stickers because he is passionate about that movie. And um, over at Real Latinos. Um, so yeah, that happened last Wednesday, which was a lot of fun. And um, got to still have some 70 millimeter camaraderie in the midst of uh, them taking a break from live episodes at least. Best yeah, it's, I've missed that yeah. a little bit. Like who, whoever's been doing the, is that Dave that's been doing yeah, the Thursday watch alongs? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. has been a blast, but I really have kind of missed the active interaction. So it was nice to like see everybody on my screen. Yeah. 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 That was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, speaking of episodes, uh, yesterday they just dropped Prince of Egypt as the final Christmas in December episode, which was incredible. 15 stars from how about that art? 70 millimeter boys. Yeah. My art was wild. <laughs> well, and I've been loving the, I guess Danny's taking advantage of the recording time to do two pieces of art these days to have the, uh, I guess the kind of full length picture in addition to the uh, square podcast art. So double, double dose has been wonderful. Very impressive. Um, yeah. So yeah, Prince of Egypt dropped yesterday and then they announced uh, episode 200 and then the uh, subsequent million dollar, wa- or not million dollar, uh, million watched <laughs> club. Uh, well, hey, uh, Freudian slip, but it's that's a yeah. million dollar idea. Yeah, like, how right. can we grow? Let's cover the most popular movies of all time on Letterboxd. Yeah. And I was like, right. nice move, fellas. Nice move. Very good. Yeah. Uh, well, I can tell you right now that from my experience with seeing people who follow letterbox who are not on 70 millimeter uh, drawing in lots and lots of letterbox bros is very exciting so yeah <laughs> <laughs> what uh what do we think anyway. might be ahead of us or what are we hoping for do we want to yeah they mentioned some of them in the episode guesstimate um, so they, well, we, several we know said that they had like lists of several nobody yeah. sounded like they were locked in on their picks yeah they were joking about joker I would. I hope. Die. I almost yeah. spit. Kill me. When Slim said Joker is in play, I, I almost spit. I was drinking yeah, something that's... when he said that. Well, they've talked around Joker a lot, especially in kind of the early days when it first came out. So yeah, I'd be okay with no Joker episode. But they mentioned Fight Club. Fight Club might be a fun one. That I think this might be the time where we crowd. get to. I think we may finally get our 2001 episode, perhaps. Oh. Or they'll Blame keep that over That's us. in play. That they've been yeah. talking about that for a hot yeah. minute. There's so much variety in that list because it's such a huge list. Because there's movies that have one million views that you really don't think have one million views. It's just a weird Shrek two. Is list. it time? <laughs> they listen. That needs to be in play for a rejected episode. If we're being honest, oh, that's so <laughs> because they basically don't banned look that up. movie. My goodness. Oh man! How is Night at the Museum a million? <laughs> Watched every year. The last few years, man, all of the Toy Story cast have been in my most watched just because, like, if you're a parent, man, you log your kid watches, those will get those views up. Well, that's actually a perfect segue because I was going to talk about uh, my end of year, which included a a kid's movie. Technically, my last movie watched for the year was a kid's movie, which I don't normally log usually because I'm not super paying attention. So I was going to ask. This being January 2nd, just wrapped up the year. Those I uh, saw that I think the 6th is when the um, the LD year interviews are going to come out. Um, but if you have 
a pro or patron membership, you can go ahead and check your stats. So I was going to ask, what was your final movie of 2023? And then what was your first movie of 2024? Um, and for me, my last movie of 2023 was The Holdovers, which I hadn't seen in theaters, but just dropped on Peacock. Ooh, so that nice. was five stars. It's probably my second favorite movie of the year after Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, but then a movie that I did not log that I technically watched after The Holdovers, or at least was on in our house uh, while I was present. I'm going to read the cast. I want to see if you guys can guess what movie this is because the cast is pretty wild. So we've got Bruce Willis, Gary Shandling, Steve Carell, Wanda Sykes, William Shatner, Nick Nolte. Oh, I already know this. Thomas Bain <laughs> Church, Allison Janney, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Shark and Tale? of course, Avril Lavigne. What movie did I have on in my house for technically my last watch of 2023? <laughs> Josh, this is probably before you. You know, again. what is that? <laughs> Over the Hedge. Was it Over the Hedge? Over the Hedge, streaming um, on. I saw that one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I, did, I couldn't hedge. bring myself to log that <laughs> as my final, like, cemented in my final log. Oh, yeah, because it'll be, like, first, final, Over yeah. the yeah. Hedge. So, yeah, I, I couldn't couldn't bring myself to do that. So, right now, The Holdovers was my final watch of 2023. And then That's a um, good, solidified one. Yeah. yeah. So and then Before I, Sunrise, where it's the first one for this year. So, good so I didn't so log it. it. I didn't log mm-hmm. it, but on New Year's Eve, I fell asleep watching John Wick Chapter 4 because it was so friggin' long. Um, so I didn't log that, but my final watch logged was uh, The Body Snatcher from 1945. Ooh. Been on a Val Luton journey. He produced about nine or ten horror movies in the 40s. A lot of them are great. I, uh, I discovered uh, the original Cat People. It's in the Criterion Collection. Um, and then several of his other ones been enjoying the heck out of that. And then my first movie is a documentary, uh, Boulevard exclamation point, a Hollywood story. It's a documentary about the ill fated making of the sunset Boulevard musical. Didn't know there's a sunset Boulevard musical. Yeah, it didn't really, it wasn't very successful. Didn't really yeah. go well, <laughs> but it's an interesting story. I've heard about that doc. I've heard it's great. It's good. It's on Canopy now. So if you have a yeah. library card, you can check it. I've been trying to check it out for like the last year, but I didn't want to buy it for like 15 bucks. Yeah. Um, my last film, I was over at a friend's house and we were looking through Kyle Turner's queer film guide um, just to find some stuff to look at for our last movie. Um, and we went with the Wachowskis for ours. We went with Bound. Um, which was oh, no, one of I my favorite, that. yeah, one of my favorite first time watches of this year. And this was my second watch. I'm just obsessed with this movie. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, the fact that there is no 70 millimeter episode of bound is my like villain origin story. It's upsetting. Well, to it's me. also crazy that they made that movie because the studios like prove like they just came up with that because they're like, Hey, we really want to make the matrix. And then they're like, we'll prove you can make a movie. And like, okay, we'll make a little crime movie. And then they make that. And they make one of the best crime movies ever made. Like, Very it's impressive. insane. Yeah. I I love that movie. Um, and I started my year with more queer film guide. But um, the 2022 movie from Andrew on Fire Island, um, which oh, is yeah, a, yeah, it's, yeah. I think yeah, it's a Hulu it's original. It's a Pride and Prejudice? Or Pride and Prejudice, yeah. yeah. Prime Prejudice. Um, and that was a rewatch too, but I have gotten like really into Las Culturistas and Bo and Yang and Matt Rogers and 
all of them. So I rewatched it and I was just like, this is such a blast. This is the exact way I want to start my year. It's, it's great. Um, and I said in my review, I said, this is the best Jane Austen adaptation ever made. And every group chat that has someone who follows me on Letterboxd started freaking out right when that dropped. They were like, you cannot <laughs> say that. You cannot say that. I'm like, sorry, it's the truth. It is the best Austin adaptation. Strong words. Well, so, and this was my second log of the year. I did not get to watch as many movies uh, on over the break that as I had hoped, but this was my number two. All right. Yeah, this is my number one for 2024, which is a perfect segue into our feature presentation. So, Philip, what is Before Sunrise all about? A young man and woman meet on a train in Europe and wind up spending one evening together in Vienna. Unfortunately, both know that this will probably be their only night together. There's not a lot to go off of with that synopsis. Yeah, two people meet and they spend the night talking. And that's the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think this movie and then just Linklater in general, who is, he's got to be on my Mount Rushmore of directors. I think he is the perfect example of, uh, I think plot is maybe a little bit overrated. You don't have to have plot to have a great movie. And I think this movie is the perfect example of this. Um, Yeah, I I feel like plot is really the, what most people tend to focus on. when they watch something, you hear all sorts of complaints about plot holes or um, this episode that nobody did anything in this episode. Uh, and sometimes that's a valid criticism if you don't have super effective character work or like uh, mood setting or anything like that. I think maybe the Disney Plus shows are guilty of that. Mm-hmm. But I think this movie is, yeah, like, there's no plot. There's, yeah, just two people meet and that's about it. But I think just the way that Linklater is able to like show you these connections that are being made between these two people just in the moments that they go through together. And um, I think that's like why the movie works for me. Like you can dissect the philosophy of everything they say. And there's some really interesting stuff in their conversations. But at the end of the day, I think what they say isn't really that important. It's just like the connections that they're forming that you yourself are forming with uh, Jesse and Celine. And I think their performances are really what really make this work. Like they're, um, yeah, the way that they're able to just communicate through glances, through their body language, um, just that connection and that just like yearning for each other. Um, and yeah, I think that's what makes this movie so enduring. Well, and just yeah. the energy, like if there are a number of movies, not like tons, but like a few famous ones where the format is like people talk and have interesting conversations and it, when it's done well, it's always electric because like the heart of all story is human beings like engaging with one another, learning more about each other, learning more about themselves, sharing, opening, like, what are they going to be truthful about? What are they going to be secretive about? And like, that's infinitely interesting. And with this premise, they're two complete strangers who there's a spark, there's interest. So like literally the whole of their being is up for grabs. Like they talk about the past, they talk about desires they talk about interests fears memory like they're both a blank canvas to one another so like if you had two characters that know each other with history like that could almost be like a difficulty for something like like this is like literally they can talk about anything and it's interesting because each one is hearing these things for the very first time yeah um and i was 
thinking about it, I know this is a before sunrise episode, but I was thinking about before midnight. Um, and that's a movie that feels like you're kind of catching up to them because yeah. it's they've I mean, I don't want to spoil before midnight for people that haven't who have only seen sunrise and are listening to this, but um midnight feels like you're catching up, whereas this film feels like everything they're getting to know each other, you're getting to know them, all of that is kind of embroiled in the story and it's really it's really wonderful. Yeah, I think Ethan Hawke has described the trilogy as uh like a sunrise is like what could be uh sunset is what should have been and then midnight is what is. Uh, yeah, I think that's really yeah. that really connects with what you said, right? I it's, always yeah, love it when he says that. I think that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. This is this is my third time watching it, but the first two times the first time I watched it was during like height of COVID and I had just gotten broken up with um unimportant though and these <laughs> movies just like destroyed me obviously but I watched them all in a day which I don't do very often I don't watch like multiple movies back to back to back I like to kind of space them out but these were like I was like I finished sunrise and I had nothing to do because it was COVID and I was a I'm younger. I'm a. I was a high school student at the time, and I was just like, "There is nothing to do. I'm going to watch all three of these," and it just. I felt like I was seeing two people's entire lives, across like three hours because these it's movies pretty are wild. so short. Yeah, it's insane. Um, and the second time I watched it, I was showing it to a friend who had never seen them, um, and we sat down on my couch and watched all three straight through. So this was the first time I watched one separate by itself. And it, it's, it's a different experience, honestly, not looking at it holistically. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't see these when they first came out. Um, I wrote in my review. So my wife and uh, I, both of our reviews, we weren't planning on it. We didn't like compare notes, but both of our reviews were pretty similar for this watch. So we both had only seen it one previous time together and it was literally about nine or ten years ago. So, like, about the amount of time in between the before movies was the last time we watched this together. It was before we were married. A lot's happened in the last nine, ten years. So, it was just, it was a much richer and deeper and fuller experience. Like, I mean, we were both adults. Like, I was out of high school, out of college, all that the last time I saw it. But just at this stage of life being married for a long time, having children, having a house, like all that crap, being being through a freaking pandemic <laughs> in 2020 yeah. through now, like all that stuff, coming to it and seeing these two young, like, babies. Like, they looked so, like, when they first saw, when you first saw Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke, I'm like, these are children. These are little babies. Yeah. And they're like, how old are they in this? Do, do they ever, like, say their actual age? Well, I mean... Didn't he like just get out of college? Yeah, I think they're like yeah. she's in college. Yeah. She's in college. Yeah. She's in art school. So they're they're still older than I am, but I'm still like looking at this and I'm like, these are babies because the last time I saw them, they were it's before midnight and they're early forties. And it's like it's I, I feel like the movies grow with you because I'm it's 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 years after I've seen it. It's years after you've seen it, Philip. And you take so much different like lines of dialogue from it each time. Like I'm 
the first time I watched it, I guarantee I was much more of a romantic than I am now. I'm a lot more practical and honestly a lot more pessimistic now. So I relate to different aspects of the characters than I did four years ago or so. So they were both in in real life. They were both about 25, 26 when they made the first. But yeah, seeing all of that openness, like that's, I think, the magic of the movie. And it's one that like I could probably watch a couple times a year and I don't think it would get old. But having all that space and time watching it with my then girlfriend, who is now my wife, like that was a very special experience. I don't think I want to wait 10 more years, but it was fun. She hasn't seen the next two, so be interested to see her reaction to uh sunset and midnight yeah and yeah i think it is so rewatch rewatchable one just because of the different stages of your life you like come to it and but also there's so many different pieces like you can focus on that they're it's so detailed i was reading an interview with um julie w who was asked like how much was improv and she said like basically nothing it was super super precise um, in the script and in their performances for the first one. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. For the first one. Um, and yeah, like you can, you can focus on the script. You can think a lot about what they're saying, or you can focus on their performances. You can focus on what's going on in the background. You can focus on the environment. There are like so many different pieces that are like so rich and nuanced. Um, I mentioned my review when I watched it last night, like I think my, my favorite, what I really tried to do this past time, and what I think is my favorite way to watch it is just to focus on who's not talking, focus on their reactions, their responses, their facial expressions. Um, and yeah, there's just so much there. And on top of just the, um, yeah, the way that you can approach it at any point in your life and connect to it either with regret or well, it gets at like the deepest yeah. things. Mm-hmm. It really does. It gets at like the deepest things in life, like romance and fear and like, the bit about like parents, like parents messing you up and like fear of that, like the, the sexual desire versus love, like all of this, like deep stuff. And again, because these, these are two young adults who are like figuring themselves out and they're complete blank slates to each other. Like it can, you can go so far with all these. And one of the things that I've loved in the progression is saying like, in the second and third one, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy come on as producers and writers. Like they, they had su- like this was such a magical thing that like they took full on ownership of it and like they like wrote their characters in between stories. And then for the actual films, like they they took part in the creation going forward. Like that's how special this thing was. Do we have some favorite parts? Favorite yeah, scenes, favorite moments. I mean, it's got to um, be the recording booth. Or the I think, booth. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think about it so often. Just it's like the one scene of the movie where they aren't talking, because like I could see someone watching this True. movie and being like, "These two just do not shut up. Like they don't." But it's the only scene where they are quiet, and it's adorable. Just watching them like glance at each other and then look away, and it's like it's I don't know. Like it just it gives me so like butterflies that every time I watch like they it. Both know yeah. they're into each other, but they have no history. They don't yeah. know each other's cues and tell. Like they are interested and attracted to each other enough, but they're also not comfortable enough yet to like fully be themselves. It is a really uh, adorable. Is kind of a perfect word. Like it's a really special dynamic that I mean I see all sorts of stuff. Like I don't pursue 
romantic movies in and of itself a ton, but like I love a good love story, but that's not the type of scene you see very much. Yeah. Well, and also like it's one of the only scenes in the movie with music and Linklater is so great at like curating a, a playlist or a soundtrack for his movies. And yeah, just like that, that hit of the music and it continues on past the scene. And yeah, just the music adds, yeah, like adds depth to what the characters are not saying to each other. Um, yeah, so that's for sure my favorite scene. But I also, I really love the pinball scene. And um, I think especially Shout out Trainer. Celine. Yeah, Shout out Trainer. Um, especially, you, I think you really see Celine start to get a lot more energetic and a lot more, um, yeah, I don't know, just like loosening up even more uh, than she has at that point um, and getting more, yeah, like uh, animated in her responses and everything. So that scene really stood out as being uh, pretty special too. How brilliant was the scene in the restaurant where they're doing the telephone where like they're catching each other up on like their inner life and like their perceptions of the last 24 hours. Cause it's like they both are into each other. They've expressed that enough, but like what a good vehicle for like conveying their own inner thoughts to each other. I just, I like, I remember sort of that and like this you see the still like i recognize the image of like ethan hawk with his finger up next to his ear but like what what a wonderful scene i think so much of that scene but honestly most of the movie it plays in like the movie knows you have 90 minutes to know these people fully and you're like you have to connect to their entire person otherwise you're not gonna connect to the movie as much so it, it it works in like it uses that scene as essentially shorthand for their entire life. And it's it's like because so much of it you could say is like a little you could argue is broad. And it's just like these people are a, almost caricature esque at times. Like Jesse is just like the the 90s kid or 80s kid that got out of college and cool is backpacking across Europe. Like he is <laughs> exactly what you expect that to be. And then he's not when you get to know him, but you have that shorthand to go off of. So you kind of know him. It's like, it's little details like that, that just, it, it makes it really special for me. Um, and especially as I, I grow and I grow with the movie and I get to connect to different parts, that shorthand is a really nice kind of basis for that. So I get to put my experience on top of that. It's really interesting. I love it. One other scene I wanted to shout out. I'm not sure exactly what purpose it serves um, other than like an awkward first experience together. But those two guys who are like harassing Jesse as being like "Ah, an American, ha ha ha. But then when, like, he asked him a question, like, oh, actually, we have a play. Would you like to come? Like, <laughs> they invite him to their play. And he goes, oh, yeah, cool. And so like, I'm not going to that. I just, yeah, th- that scene always makes me laugh. Yeah, I love that scene. I was cracking up during it. And, yeah, it's, like, pointless. But it's also the shared experience early on in their relationship that they don't even really reference later. I guess they mentioned, like, oh, we should we could have gone to that guy's play. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, something... <laughs> Yeah, it's like a perfect show. Literally nothing is said about it. There's no tell. It's just showing them having this experience together. And it's just really funny. What was the cow's name? Because the movie exists. (laughs) The cow. (laughs) It exists in like these little vignettes. And then in between, they'll like walk to the next vignette and talk. But like that one, I like 
it's so early that we can't really see what it's establishing. The one that thing that my mind's going to is that they immediately are just like, we. it's our honeymoon. And then Ethan Hawke <laughs> says something and he's like, you are a terrible liar. That is not true. <laughs> and it's like, that's the only thing that I can really think of in retrospect that I'm getting out of it. But in the moment, it feels so warm that it's just enveloping me in another layer of this story. Well, and yeah, that introducing me, of, me to Vienna. Yeah. Well, there's also that quote when they're talking about religion and Celine says something about like, God isn't in us, God is like between us. And it's almost like in the movie, mm-hmm. you have kind of idea of that there's like this powerful force. It's not like these big important moments, but like in these in between moments is where you really see like the beauty and the truth and the love and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, I want to shout out that bartender who gave him the wine. Oh, yeah. Dude, that guy. Yeah, shout out the bar- what, a, yeah. what a. That was so yeah. good. <laughs> He's, what a guy. No one's doing that. I didn't that. even <laughs> see him get the information. Like, exactly. I, I didn't even yeah, see him get like, oh, let me get your address or phone number. He's just like, eh, you're with the girl. All right. Least, like, he goes, least like, believable hey, part. I don't have any money. You know what? Like, honestly, maybe I, I have a lot of dumb luck. Like, that's the kind of thing I feel like. I would do on a gamble and like maybe who knows, but yeah. like I resonated with that moment where he's just like, you know what? I'm going to ask and just see what happens. And the guy's like, what? And he's like, come on. And like, he sees her steal <laughs> like in her bag, like definitely having like residual wine, like at the yeah. bottom of some of those glasses just in her bag. Now it's so obvious that she's stealing it. Like she, they keep looking back over at her and she like freezes up. <laughs> it's so funny. It's I love that comedy bit so much. But yeah, that guy's amazing. I love yeah. the poet on the, the little canal as well. That was yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, what a uh a handsome, well dressed uh guy begging for money. I was like, Yeah, this guy's asking for money. Yeah. It's yeah, very I refined homeless people in Europe, apparently. All right. Um, I think we are good to move into villager reviews. My yeah, let's get into some reviews. Personal here. favorite. Yeah, I found one by Danger Beast. You watched this back in February 2023, get five stars. It says, I don't think I've ever watched another film where you actually see the characters fall in love almost in real time. Usually you get moments as shorthand for chemistry, but always in service of the greater plot. But here where the whole point is the chemistry, the relationship feels so alive. The fact that the script is so genuine and reflects so well that mid-20s search for meaning, connection, and philosophy just adds to that feeling. Perhaps the biggest compliment I can pay this movie is that it made it had me feel the way I felt when I was falling in love with my wife. Aww. That's from Danger Beast. Yeah, I really love that one. That's so sweet. Um, next on our list, I've got one from Bex. Um, gave it four stars. Watched it back in January of last year. And just said, nods head. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> she also Bex. tagged it. She tagged it movies with Curtis, and every time I see her tag it movies with Curtis, it makes me smile. <laughs> that is it. very sweet. I just re-listened to the first episode just to kind of get a refresh it's of so the good. format today. So just got to hear their good uh yeah. good work back. So all right, I got this one from Lindsay Engel. Uh, I really love this movie, even though I have no idea how Celine is into him. Uh four stars. I don't know about that. I think like yeah. <laughs> It is interesting, actually. Like in the phone scene, I I found myself surprised on this viewing how deeply she was into him and how open she was about it. So I mean, I guess I resonate with that a little bit. But like, I mean, look at him. He's he's confident. He's handsome. He's different than her. 
like opposites attract like they have a night of great stimulating conversation like you, you get it yeah i as i was reading through these reviews to get some for the show i kept finding reviews that were like i don't know how she's into jesse jesse's yeah, not Jessica's that attractive i don't yeah he catches so many strays and I'm it's like, just the teeth you superficial people but i will say like it's i guess it is a little rich for three white guys on a podcast to defend jesse who is yes. talking incessantly as a white guy to, yeah, so uh, absolutely that's the tone i was gonna say yeah the the next review uh, is a, another stray caught by Ethan Hawke. Uh, this review is by our dear friend Sophie. Uh, she gives it, I think, the lowest rating we've seen so far, which is still only three and a half stars, which is not too bad. This was back in December 4th, 2020. She says, was Ethan Hawke's character meant to be incredibly annoying in this, or were the standards for hot brooding intellectual men in the 90s just that bad? So that is from our dear friend Sophie. See, I as a, as a bisexual man, this movie is hell for me because i think that these two are both incredibly attractive but maybe it's just like i'm like right in the middle of the two of them and they, well, and they get me really too. nicely little cutie pies in this one but as they get older they both aged very well mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's incredible um and our last one we've got one from ben sandberg this is five stars back in 2021 yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Whatever. They both suck at pinball. <laughs> they do. They're terrible. I I had that active thought too. I was like, those are very short turns. Like, yeah. I don't know, is this in the script and they have to take turns? Or like, I wonder what the direction was for there was a couple and I didn't write it down. There were a couple scenes where I'm like, I want like what was the direction? Like I get here is the conversation. But the pinball was one where I'm like, man, those rounds are lasting like 15 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Balls, balls are going like a third of the way at the table. Exactly. I'm like, you guys, yeah. come on. <laughs> uh, have we shared our ratings? I feel like we maybe talked a little um, bit about it. We can. This is a five star movie for me all day, every day. All three of these movies are five stars for me. Yeah, no, this this was a, a heavy five star. And I think I did share that. It was, it was funny that. My wife and my reviews were pretty much the same thing. We both highlighted the same quote, and we both mentioned how long it's been uh, since we'd seen it previously and how nice it was. Uh, the quote in question, isn't everything we do in life a way of being loved a little more? I just thought that was such a like a, a piercing, insightful thing. Like when you're, you're getting to know somebody and you're figuring out like, oh, what do they do? Just saying that out loud. And it didn't feel like overbearing or kind of eye-rolly like it was a really insightful line kind of delivered beautifully yeah yeah that was a great one love it yes i'm at four stars for the entire trilogy i really love these movies they're not quite at like the the top of my all-time favorite movie list um but i think they're pretty much perfect what's gotten a five from you lately will what's gotten a five holdover's got a five let me let me open up my letterbox real quick on this recent five stars so there are a bunch of like classic Christmas movies. I, I did not year. give a ton out this year. Yeah. Um, so new movies I watched for the first time. Holdovers. I watched Goodfellas for the first time recently. Those five stars. Whoa. Uh, yes. Yeah. Let's see. There's see those are both four star movies for me. Goodfellas is a four. Listen, we don't need to litigate that. <laughs> yeah. So those are a few of my first time watch five stars recently. Yeah. I didn't give out a ton of, First time five stars. But yeah, these, these movies, great. Pretty much perfect. 
I just, there's movies I like better. It's all kind of arbitrary anyway. So four stars is obviously good. People talk about three and three and a half being good. Four is obviously good. Exactly. <laughs> so my favorite link later is a school arrived days and confused and maybe, maybe before sunset. I think sunset is probably my favorite of the three. Oh, we didn't yeah. talk about that yet. I mean, I kind of would agree. I, I love all three. They're all three, five stars. I do think Sunset is maybe my favorite individual film. I think for the longest time it was Sunrise for me, but I think I'm at the point now where I'm starting to move into Sunset as something that I gravitate more towards. And then I know in like two years, I'm going to be like, oh, well, midnight now. Yeah. It's, it's just midnight. Midnight, you like, you know how good it is, but it's also like, ah, it's like hard to watch sometimes. It's brutal. It's it rough. Hurts. It's a rough watch. <laughs> yeah. Do we think they'll ever make a fourth. I would not mind genuinely if like in 18 years, like from after midnight, they made a fourth one that was like a coda, but it's not necessary. The three films are perfect. Yeah. And like, you almost don't like, I don't like it when they go back and like, Oh, we're making more, we're making more. Like, I like it when they're good, but like there's all those, um, Twitter the accounts that are like, sequels. here's all the franchise movies that are yeah. coming this year. I just go, like, I I am excited about the new Planet of the Apes movie. Like, the new trilogy Does it was need good, to exist? But, like, eh? I'd much rather have the holdovers. Yeah. Or, uh, what? like, I'd much rather have great creators making what they want to make, not just yeah. content machine. If Linklater and Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy want to come back, and do it again, and they have a good idea, I'm in. But honestly, like, I know Linklater's starting another, like, boyhood-length film shoot yeah. with Merrily We Roll Along. Good. Like, he'll be doing that for boyhood a while. Boyhood incredible. Yeah. Boyhood is incredible. Yeah, I don't think it needs any more movies. No. I mean, literally, like, in Linklater especially, he's a guy where... I'm curious to see uh, Hitman. That yeah. has gotten some really interesting I it's buzz. great. I don't know when... You saw it? No, I hear it's great. I oh, wish I'd I seen w- it. I would love to get a screener if anyone wants to send me one or mm-hmm. whenever it hits Blu-ray or streaming. I'm I'm very excited to see yeah. it. Yeah, and I still need to go back and watch that uh that kids movie on Netflix, that uh, Apollo Ten and a Half. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. Yeah, well will well, Glenn Powell become the next Ethan Hawk for Glitter. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to it. I yeah. love him. But it's pretty great. It's Ethan Hawke. It's a little tough. Yeah. Big shoes to fill. So having said that, um, it's an amazing movie. Great discussion with you guys. And uh, we we love the village. That's why we're here. So how did Romeo plus Juliet beat before sunrise? We may never know that. Yeah, it's true. But it does give us more amazing movies to cover. That is right, listeners. Coming up on our next episode in two weeks is The Lion King starring i was gonna pull a joke seth rogan there we go no no, no it's gonna be no, the original no. <laughs> not the so that's another one side here i'm excited that barry jenkins is getting a big fat payday i don't want barry jenkins to make a friggin' mufasa movie i want him <laughs> to make a barry jenkins movie take all the paycheck from this and make something as good as moonlight there you or go make mufasa as good as moonlight there's no way it will be but no. you know i can hope um so yes uh two weeks not the remake the original animated classic disney renaissance classic in two weeks from now uh josh closing thoughts i keep watching 
before sunrise when I'm single. And I think that's a crime to myself. So <laughs> if anyone is listening to this and wants to change that, hit me up in Discord. Shoot your I'm shot. I'm always man. available. Please. I'm here. I'm available. What part of I'm the country like are you? Mildly Josh? attractive. Um probably nowhere near anyone. <laughs> I live in like the middle of Alabama. So if you want to hit me up, I'm here. Uh, check your friends list. Let people know. Uh, Josh is a great dude there. <laughs> so be sure to rewatch The Lion King streaming on Disney Plus if you haven't quite cut that cord yet, <clears throat> Danny. Um, yeah, it's playing now on Disney Plus. Well, I was one of those who did pull the plug on Disney Plus. I expired back in December, but my toddler loves this movie. I'm going to be on for this episode in a couple of weeks. And I've seen it probably two dozen times this year. So uh, that's one of those that I did not log every single time. But looking forward to that in a couple weeks. As always, you can send us feedback at 70millimeterrejected at gmail.com or just come let us know how we're doing in Discord. Bye. Seventy Millimeter Rejected is an Opossum production. Original artwork by Paul. Kinda original music by Dave with an assist from Seventy Millimeter. The Seventy Millimeter Rejected team includes Kirby, Latdad, Dime, Paul, RWT Chats, Bex, Grogu, Dave, Josh, Nolan, Yoev, Ron, Trainer, and Ben C. If you'd like to join us in the silliness, ping one of us in Discord. And if you'd like to support our friends at 70mm and upgrade to villager status, you can do so using the links in the notes. Goodbye. This, this, this is an Opossums podcast.